Welcome to Queen Flow, the podcast. This is your host, Jocelyn Kelly Reed. On this show, you can expect to learn about calling in big money, the feminine way, business, spirituality, witchy stuff, and everything else you need to know about being a turned on woman of wealth. It's fun. It's fiery. It's unfiltered. Hi, beauty. Welcome back to the show. I am so happy to be sharing this episode on how I manifested my extremely luxurious, beautiful, overlooking the water from all rooms (laughs) apartment in New York. And it's so funny because I like happened to listen back to the intro on another episode that I recorded over this. I don't know if it was over the summer or once I'd already seen this place. Actually, no, it must've been in October. And I was saying something about like how I was waiting to get the approval from the building. I'd already gotten approval from, you know, the person who owns the, the place that I live in anyway. And I, and I made this whole manifestation journey extremely public, which is honestly something that like, I like to do. I'm definitely not one of those people who's like, Oh, you might jinx it. I'm like actually the opposite everything that I share with you guys that is happening or is going to happen, like happens without fail. So here we are sharing the story today and you're going to love it. (laughs) And I also want to remind you that high level honey, the holiday sale is on. It will be closing end of day, Monday, November 28th. This is your opportunity to save $1,000 or more on all of my highest level, closest proximity containers. So that's going to be the cohort um, where you step into consistent, sustainable five-figure months, the feminine way. We do it all in the cohort, messaging, strategy, branding, packaging, voice, showing up online, social media, wealth energetics, healing, soup to nuts, four-month immersion. I'm sure you've heard so many episodes on the podcast from women who have been inside that space. Um, the sale also includes 888, which is my newest mastermind. It's been so hot. The results are insane. You can check out my Instagram highlights if you want to see all the yummy screen grabs. So 888, the whole vibe is get paid every day, sold out as standard velocity with money. And so this is going to be for you if you're kind of ready to play in that 20K to 100K month range, no matter where you are inside. You know what I mean? Like... um. For example, you could be at 50 and you're like, boom, Jocelyn, let's go to 100. You could be at 10. You're like, Jocelyn, let's go to 10 to 20, 30. You get the point. Wherever you are um, in terms of like within that window, whatever your goals are, that would be the space to play eight weeks. Well, it's a space to play if you want like a Zoom Zoom, right? Because the other mastermind that is geared toward that income level is going to be Fempire. Although Fempire, I say 30K to 100K months, which you get the idea. But Fempire is going to be more of like a place to call home, like, you know, high level, long-term mastermind slash private hybrid. And Fempire is going to be a six or 12 month commitment. Although for the sale only, you are able to join us for four months. Okay, but let me backtrack. So 888, strategy, energetics, mastermind vibes, eight weeks, zoom, zoom, we do it all. It's so good. The results have been insane. I'm like so excited for this mastermind. So of course I had to bring it back. Um, you are able to join now. Well, you have to join before the end of the day on the 28th, if you want to partake in the sale and you'll receive immediate access to the content and bonuses, as well as the replays from the current round. And then we start live in January 
with the cohort, you can start now or you can choose your start date as long as you've made payment. Feminine Magic and Many the Mastermind, Deep Embodiment of Feminine Wealth, Pleasure, Magic, and Magnetism is also included in the sale. We start in the spring of 2023 with your payment. You are able to get access to the content portal immediately. And then Fempire, as I mentioned, so that is like my home. Like you really want to come ride for six or 12 months. Four months is only going to be applicable to the sale. Um, so this is for women stepping into 30K to 100K months who desire to do so with the leading energy of ease. We do it all. It's strategy, it's money energetics, it's embodiment, it's healing, it's sustainability, it's structure. Like it's so deep. It's incredible. You can check all the results and things that the women inside have had to say about it. Also in my highlights on my Instagram, I only have three spaces open in Fempire. I keep that space very intimate. Um, so for that one, there is not an enrollment page. So just DM me or message me if you want to chat or know more about the details for coming to play with us inside Vampire. So I called the sell high level honey. Cause it's like, <laughs> this is for my women who are ready to play at a high level, who are just dead serious about it. I mean, that's just basically, it's like the long and short of it is that if we want what we want and we want big things and we want the enormous impact and we want to be known and we want to have these juicy, rich as fuck lives, you got to play big. So High Level Honey is the opportunity to allow yourself to do so because it really is an allowance. Okay. So go ahead to any of the enrollment pages for the cohort, Feminine Magic of Many, 888. They're also in show notes. And if Fempire is something you want to chat about joining, just shoot me a DM. We only have three spaces. And then I have a couple private spaces remaining as well uh, to start in January, as well as only one um, that's Voxer support only for the full month of December. So if you want that, just shoot me a DM. And then if you want to secure a private space for January or any time within the, the first quarter, there's a number of ways to do so that are really fun and exciting. So DM me and we can find the best fit for you. And now, enjoy the episode. Hello, gorgeous. Okay, this episode has been a long time coming. I am sitting in the living room looking out over the East River, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the city, nighttime, all the lights, and of my dream apartment. And it is just so crazy. I am such a home and environment person. And it's so funny because I feel like when you go on this journey of creating your dream life, right? All the impact, all the money, all the joy, all the inner peace, all the yum yum, all the love, all the relationships, right? Everything that goes into your dream life. Like when you land these kind of like material manifestations, there are people who aren't going to get it right from the outside and someone who doesn't really play this game. They could just see it as kind of like a material thing and whatever. And what people don't realize is like the meaning behind the thing. Right. So I remember when I was living in my old apartment and my account was constantly in the negative And I was like barely getting by paycheck to paycheck. And my place was very cute. And I did manifest that. But I mean, there was so much that I walked through in that apartment. I had my last full-time job there. It was my first apartment in New York. 
I had the most amount of healing in the shortest amount of time. I invested in mentorship for the first time. I I built my business there. I quit my job there. I made my first seven figures there. Like that little home meant so much, you know? And I will say for the majority of my business to date, and for anyone who doesn't know, I started my business in September of 2019. And today it is November 20th, 2022. My eyes were not necessarily on like the dream home, right? So I know, and all women who make a lot of money in this industry know that the investment in you is the number one investment, right? And that has been the priority from day one. I have never skipped a day of mentorship. I've never told myself stories being like, I'm quote unquote integrating and dropping off. Like I have always stayed invested in myself, in the business and money mentorship, in the healing, in all of it, continuously financing whatever what I, what I, what I, everything that I needed, even if I was scared, figuring shit out never being like, one day I'm going to work with this person. One day I'm going to invest in that. I have been making it happen from day one when I had nowhere near amount, the amount of money that I have now. And guess what? Now I have more money. The investments are, still, are bigger now, right? There's always, always, always an edge. So to get here, the first priority has always been investing in me. There's no investment, but the investment of myself that is going to pay the dividends that investing in yourself pays as quickly. And then everything else on top of that has been from a place of overflow. So I will say, it's not like I started my business being like, I'm going to have this dream apartment one day. That is not what I was doing. I was starting my business for my heart. I was starting my business for my soul. I was starting my business because I wanted to make the impact. I was starting my business because I deeply wanted to be in it and walk side by side with women who really wanted to change the game for themselves, who are here to make an enormous impact. We're here to make legacies. We're here to be happy. We're here to have exactly what they want. Like I always say, why the hell do we incarnate as human if we're not going to experience all the earthly pleasures? Like what's the point, right? So much of the work is allowing yourself and stepping into a point of power and releasing all that doesn't belong to you and claiming the earthly pleasures that you desire. And so I just want to give that kind of like overall context because this feels like a fucking bonus, you know? And I also just feel like I'm just getting started. And so what eventually was starting to happen, so it's very normal for a while in business to feel like basically you're reinvesting, you're reinvesting, you're reinvesting, you're reinvesting, right? This is a game where you you invest money to make money. And it's not always the game of like, oh, you know, you put down 10 grand, 20 grand, whatever. And then you have 30 grand, 40 grand, 50 grand in two months. Like, Sometimes that happens, but like it really depends on the level to which you show up for yourself, the openness you are to growth, right? Your capacity to lean into edges and go forward anyway. Like there's so many things that dictate how quickly you capitalize financially in terms of like your return on investment. For your soul's growth, I mean, that shit is definitely happening continuously and always. But I'm talking about the material side, like how you walk out that investment is going to be everything. So there got to a point in time, I would say probably, I honestly can't remember, maybe like a year ago where I was starting to want more from home, you know, 
And I am someone who goes big. So I didn't want just like some little upgrade. Well, this is kind of what I thought I wanted when I was like, oh, I'm interested in moving. I thought I was going to just spend a few thousand dollars more than what I was spending. And like, I don't know, that somehow that would make me happy. Well, we know me. That was not the case. But anyway, that's what I thought, right, going into this process. And along the way, I was upgrading my environment. I was investing in myself. I was going big in my business, showing up. I was allowing myself to upgrade in smaller luxuries, right, than what is required to live in this home. So, for example, flying first class, um, traveling, like for my birthday, not book, not booking the okay room, but like the bougiest fuck room that I really wanted. And then I got upgraded on top of that anyway, right? Um, making the upgrades in my home, buying the furniture that I wanted, just doing the things to continuously like increase my wealth frequency that were basically like doable for me at that time, knowing that my greatest investments were always going to be mentorship. And then, you know, I was taking the overflow I was creating and also putting that back into my life. And in this process as well, I was always surrounded, especially in mentorship, by women who had what I wanted, you know what I mean? Who were really walking out their business from a soul level and who also had the means to have the material lifestyle of their dreams. And did I want all exactly the things they wanted? No, no two humans are the same, but you get my point. Just that ability to be able like, I want that pay for it. I want that pay for it. I want that pay for it. Like I wanted that ease, especially because, you know, you guys know my story. I had acquired you know, that nearly six figures in tax debt, I had ruined my credit. Like for me, getting to a place of financial stability was just a huge fucking deal. And I wanted more, you know, and I know the ease it creates on your nervous system. I know what it's like now to not have to say no because of money. I just know what it's like to be able to do what you want to do. And there was so long, I wasn't able to do that. And I never wanted to experience that reality again. And that was so much of the impetus of what allowed me to just keep going big on myself because I was like, I'm done with that. I played in that game for so many years because I honestly like didn't know how to get out, right? Until I did and until I started seeing the way and the mentors and all the things. And I every time I got a taste of new freedom, I wanted more, right? And it's been really, and I, it's interesting because I was living in Cobble Hill and Cobble Hill is a very expensive neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's beautiful. Something I've always done for myself is like, no matter what kind of money I was working with or what kind I could afford at the time, I always put myself in like a gorgeous neighborhood and surrounded myself with people who had like a lot of financial freedom, you know, that's something that was important to me to where it's like, okay, cool. Maybe I couldn't pay for exactly what they were paying for, but I got to like bathe in that energy every day. Right. And like osmosis is a real thing. And of course, you know, I'm taking action in my business. I do all the things, right. But there's something about having what you want, like kind of right in front of your face, almost like a dangling carrot that helps you keep going. Right. And I had mentors who'd walked out the dream too, who also started with very little to their name and created enormous abundance. And I watched them continue to up level their lives, up level their lives, up level their lives, up level their lives. 
And so much of the beauty and being in mentorship is you don't just see the results on social media. You get to see it behind the scenes and ask the deep questions, not only pertaining to yourself, but how they walked through each of these individual portals. And mentorship has just sped me up like no other investment ever will. So God, I'm so fucking grateful for this industry. I would never be here. Sorry, I had to cough. Okay. But anyway, so I thought that I was just going to spend a little more money. And I don't know. I I, I, wasn't really grounded yet, but I was like, okay, I can do a little more than this, you know? And at the beginning of the summer, and I was scared. I was nervous because I knew that my credit wasn't fantastic because of my financial history. I knew that New York is an extremely competitive real estate market and I'm renting, but even in renting like a luxury home and the way that it is here, I mean, just to give you a little color over the summer, it was so crazy because all of these landlords are trying to make up for all of their losses during COVID. And there's a lot of money in this city. People were overbidding the way that people do when they buy homes. People were literally overbidding on apartments. Like, it's just insane. And summer pricing is really crazy because where I live, all the families basically move before the school year starts so that they can be in the right zip code, the best zip codes for their kids to go to school. So everybody knows they can, and also it's just warm, it's not cold. So, like, more people want to move when it's warm. And so everybody knows they can, like, jack up prices in the summer. A lot of the families have dual income, et cetera, and they have the pressure of moving before their kids start school because if they move after that, they would potentially have to move their kids into a new school system and like, or a new school and take them out of school. Like no one really wants to do that, right? Especially when you're staying in the same city. It just doesn't make any sense. So summer here is crazy. And then summer here is particularly after COVID was even crazier. I am talking about, because you can see like on Street Easy is what we use in New York. And you can see the prices that places last rented for. I mean, they were doubling rent, doubling from the year before. So I came in in that environment and was like, woof. And I started looking around and I had a broker at the time. So here you very much need a broker to just like handle all the details, negotiate on your behalf, stay on top of things for their connections. Lots of times they hear about things that haven't hit the market yet. Like I said, it's competitive. New York is not one of those cities where you do it yourself especially if you want like a nice place. So he was like doing his thing and we were looking at places and looking at places and looking at places. And I was looking at all these places kind of in like the range of what I thought I wanted to pay. And there was one that showed up and I remembered I was excited for it. And it's so funny because now I look back and I'm like, are you kidding me where I landed? Yes, it's a lot more expensive, but also like so much better. And I was earlier, right, in the in my whole manifestation journey with the home. And I thought I wanted it. And they rejected me. And that kind of like felt like a big hit in the moment. Because I have been someone, I'm always like so strong at manifesting home. And clearly I still am, like, look where I live. But it was like the other places, like when I moved to New York, when I had moved to LA, when I moved back to San Francisco. Like they'd all fallen in so quickly, but they were also nowhere near the level of where I'm living now. 
So I don't know what was going on with these people. They also let their place sit on the market for like four months, which is very atypical. And it was more like brownstone vibes. But I mean, but there were things that I would not have loved. Like for example, the bathroom was really small. If you guys have been following me on Instagram, you know, I have, I seriously have like a five-star hotel bathroom now. It's huge, double vanity, gorgeous walk-in shower. The floor and the walls are stone, freestanding tub that overlooks the water, the heated floors. I mean, it's like legit part of like my master suite. And then there's two other beautiful marble bathrooms also. And, um, Mine's not marble. I think it's travertine. Is that right? I think so. And then the other ones are marble. You get the point. It's lots. This bathroom, the one that would have been my bathroom was like not even off the bedroom. It was off the living room. So small. Washer dryer in the bathroom. Just stuff where I was like, look, I thought that like I could deal in the really small bathtub. I thought I could just like deal with it because there were so many things about the rest of the apartment that were great. It also had a fireplace and like all these things, but it was going to be more brownstone vibes. And I'm still going to have stairs and just still all the dramas, right? Packages getting left in the doorway. Just, I love brownstones, but like they are kind of a lot of work to live in. And so they rejected me and like, thank fuck, because otherwise I would not be here with my full five-star living situation. But I kind of like took that hit and I was nervous. And then we kept looking and we kept looking and we kept looking and we kept looking. And I was just like, no, 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 no. And then there was one more that I thought that I wanted. And the first floor was fucking gorgeous. So if you know New York brownstones, usually the vibe is the parlor floor is insane. Really high ceilings, really beautiful. Because back in the day, that was the entertaining floor. So so since that's the floor where all your guests would see, right? They always made that the most beautiful floor. It had a fireplace, like um, a backyard. It was beautiful, all the things. But... All the living quarters were basically on the ground floor, and I am really not into sleeping on the ground floor. I don't like it. Every time I've had it in the past, I didn't like it. And remember, in New York, there's weather, there's rats, there's mice, there's a ton of mosquitoes in the summer. I hadn't even thought about this. So my first broker ended up kind of like disappearing. I think he thought I was being too high maintenance because I kept saying no to all these things. So the one that had the beautiful parlor floor I did apply for, but it already had a lease out when I applied for it. And they wound up moving forward. And also like, thank God I didn't get that one too. I mean, it was so pretty, but like, I don't want to sleep on the ground floor. The bathroom's nowhere near what I have right now. Like the situation is just not what I have right now. And I did not want to sleep on the ground floor. I literally have a neighbor and they own their brownstone, but they rent out the top three floors and they live on the first two. So their bedroom's on the ground floor. And they said when dogs pee on the street, they can literally smell it in their bedroom. I was like, fuck that life. I did not do all this work. to smell dog pee outside my bedroom. I don't care how pretty the first floor is. So anyway, that one didn't work out. And then I did not apply for anything else for a while, but I kept looking and I kept looking and I kept looking and I wasn't seeing anything that I really wanted, wasn't seeing anything. Or the price point was like, all right, cool. Like I can get down with the money, but like it also needs to look like it costs that much money. And that was not the case for a lot of these places. And then I just realized, and then he dropped off and I was like, hmm, because I think he kind of thought I was being difficult. And honestly, his speci- his specialty was more like Manhattan and I'm in Brooklyn. And then my neighbor introduced me to another realtor who's in Brooklyn and she like wound up being the better fit for me. Um, he was honestly great, but I think he just, like I said, I think he wanted me to just like settle on something and I just like was not going to. <laughs> so 
And also I think like the universe just separated us, like nothing bad happened. We just kind of stopped talking and I was like, well, I'm not going to chase him down. Like, remember to, you have to pay this person 10 to 15% of a year's worth of rent. And I'm moving into a luxury apartment. We're talking multiple five figures, like they need to be in it, you know? So I met Tanya, who was the realtor who helped me with this place. And, you know, we were just talking and we kept going to see places and nothing felt right. And there is a building where I live now by the water. And I remember I walk by it all the time because one of the dog parks I go to is near here. And I remember just being like, oh, it's so luxe. Oh, it's so luxe. And it was almost to the point where I didn't even consider that I could live here. I knew that it was mostly condos. So meaning people own, they didn't really do very many rentals. And I would look it up online and I would see the bathrooms and I would see the apartments. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, cause my aversion to living in a new building was like, I didn't just want some like all white box. I didn't just want, I wanted like, like what I loved about the brownstones were like the original floors, the mantles, like the things that really had that old New York feeling. And I was worried if I moved into a new building, they would feel like kind of an empty box. But when I saw the building I live in now, before I really thought I could live here online, it didn't feel that way. It's like, it's fucking gorgeous. Like it clearly they hired, and I looked it up today, they literally hired an architectural digest top 100 firm to design the building. And it's very obvious it's like all this beautiful oak and like, is it quartzite? I think that's how I pronounce it. Stone in the kitchen and on the walls and like stone in the bathroom, including on the walls. Like everything is just so well done. And I used to work in interior design. So when something is well done, like I see it, I feel it. I'm clear as the sky is blue. Like the roof deck looks like the roof deck on a hotel. Like the gym is beautiful. It looks out over the water. Like everything is beautiful. And I would just look at the website And I remember I screenshotted the bathroom because it was like my dream bathroom. And I would just look at it all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And I remember I emailed my broker and I was like, can you find out if there's any rentals in this building? And there was a couple buildings around it that I looked at also. One of them was a rental building. Another one was a condo building because there's kind of like three down here by the water in Brooklyn Heights. And the rental building, I was like, no, (laughs) like literally there were places that were like $7,000 last year. They were running for 15 grand a month this year, which that was fine. Except for, I was like, this does not look like, the views were beautiful, but it was exactly what I said I didn't want, which is kind of like, it just felt a little bit like a white box. They just don't put as much effort into these buildings, but then they're charging, like you're paying to live in a condo building. Do you know what I mean? Like it just didn't make any sense. And and I I was like, that's insane. And also that place did end up dropping down by like literally multiple thousand dollars a month, like back to where it should be. Cause I would like be like, that's crazy. And then see these places on Street Easy and like watch the numbers drop, drop, drop. Um, because people here are not stupid. Like they will wait things out. But anyway, that's beside the point. So that building I didn't want to live in. And then the other one, um, I just... It was like a industrial building previously. I didn't love the windows. And like, there's nothing ever showed up that I really wanted or that I felt like was right. You know what I mean? Or I was like, I'm not going to pay an enormous amount of money and live on the side of the building that looks like at a highway. Like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. Because it's not cheap just because you don't have a great view. I'd rather spend the money and have the water view. So I finally got to this place where through seeing all of these places, right? And this is important. You have to go put yourself in the environment. 
I was able to get to what I want. So it was like, okay, brownstone, I don't want to sleep on the ground floor. So it needs to be parlor floor and up. And I knew I wanted two floors or I want to live in a new building, but I have to have water views and I want floor to ceiling windows. Like I got very clear by going to see all of these places so I could get clear on what I wanted. You have to actually put yourself in environments to get clear on what you want. And this is like in every area of life, just like you date to get clear on what you want, right? Um, and then I became clear on that. And I was just kept, I, I don't know why, but I kept looking at this building over and over and over and over and over. There were no rentals, no rentals, no rentals, no rentals, no rentals. And my broker had not followed up about if there are any rentals. And I was just like, oh, whatever. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait out the summer because I got my last place in the winter, in the late fall when I moved to New York. And people work with you a little bit more because it's cold and they don't want them just like sitting on the market because the deeper that goes into winter, the less likely people are to move. I was like, you know what? I'm going to wait out the summer rush and I don't know, we're just going to get there. And I was seeing the amount of money. I'm literally spending double what I thought I was going to be spending. And I was like, okay, well, like I want to move. I'm clear on that. My lease was coming up uh, for renewal in November and I was not willing to stay in my other apartment for another year and they were not going to do month to month. And I was like, this is it. And I'm not going to do some half-assed move. I want what I want. So like, it's just going to have to work. And it's pretty wild because in that season and in those few months, I started making a lot of money. And in August was when I had my first $118,000 cash month. And the, you know, I had been working on my, just my wealth frequency, stacking cash in the accounts from a place of overflow, not constricting my spending. I was still investing in mentorship. I was still doing everything that I wanted to do, but I really had my energy around stacking the cash in the bank because I also knew with not having fantastic credit, like in this world of going to do big things, I'm as good as what's in my bank account. You know what I mean? And also I just like, love the fucking vibes of being cash rich. Like, why wouldn't we? I'm a money coach. This is part of the game. And I literally this year have more than six times the amount of money in my bank account while also investing more. I've really learned how to tap into overflow and there'll always be a new level, but you get my point. So I'm stacking the cash. I'm stacking the cash. I'm stacking the cash. I'm stacking the cash. I've gotten very clear that I'm spending way more money per month than what I thought, but it had just, it was a desire. It was required. I had seen what was on the market. I wanted three bedrooms. I was not going to do two bedrooms. I did not, I wanted an office and I wanted a guest room and I did not want them in the same room. And I remember talking to one of my friends. She had, she was actually a major point of expansion. She had been a prior mentor and she previously lived in New York and she lived in this like beautiful luxury building. And I would go over there and she even told me, she was like, oh, you're going to go out and grow two bedrooms so quickly because that's kind of like what had happened to her. But it was always just so amazing to go over to her place because, you know, it had a lot of things that the place has now. My place has now, right? The floor to ceiling windows, the insane views, just the top level service in the building, all the things. And it's just so funny because I had hung out with her there a lot the summer before, never thinking that, oh, like just a year from now, you're going to basically be doing the same thing. So. It's just, well, because I thought that place was so insane and I couldn't even imagine at that time spending that amount on rent and then my place is actually more and that's just fucking wild. She's now bought a house and is doing new things, but got to have some friends who stay one step ahead of you. It's really important. 
Um, but anyway, I don't even want to buy a house right now because, but that's a whole other podcast episode. <laughs> I really don't. I don't want that at all. I want to be able to just like pay exactly where I want to live, but have the freedom to go when I want to go. Um, because the other thing to keep in mind is when you buy these enormous like luxury properties, which I'm not even there yet, like in New York, that's going to be like, I seriously want like a penthouse apartment or even a full brownstone that's insane. That is like eight to $10 million. So, I mean, obviously you put down a down payment, but you get my point. We ain't there yet. We'll get there though. Um, but I don't even want that right now. I don't even know if I will later, but bottom line, that's the price point for living this way. Right. She actually left New York. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That was like for our other personal reasons. <laughs> but anyway, so it's just kind of crazy, like how fast things can move. And I was clear on what I wanted. I was clear on the money I was going to be spending. And I was just like, okay, well, like, this is what we're doing. And then I remember, and you know what is so interesting? I wasn't traveling over the summer because I was like, well, I can't travel and find a new place because literally you have to be able to ready to lock it down in like 30 seconds here. And I kind of felt, even though it's like, I kept feeling like that was a point of constriction a little bit, but I didn't know what to do with it. And then, and then my nephew's first birthday came up, his birthday's in September. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to my nephew's birthday party in the Bay area. Like that's just happening. And I felt a big openness around that. Like I wanted to go, I was going, I wasn't going to like miss his birthday because I was looking for an apartment, like just no. Right. And so right before I left, I looked up the building and a place had opened, the one I actually live in now. And it was multiple thousands dollars more per month than my already doubled what I was going to spend per month. And I remember emailing my broker and I was like, all right, well, that's above what I'm going to pay. But like, I really want to see this place because I haven't been in a place in the building yet. Can you please reach out to them? Hi, beauty. Oh my gosh, I am so happy that I captured this episode. While I'm so new in this apartment, everything just felt so fresh. We've got to really capture these life's moments as they're happening. So good. So we are taking a quick break for me to remind you that High Level Honey, the holiday sale is on through end of day, Monday, November 28th only. This is your opportunity to save 1K or more on my highest level, closest proximity, immersions, and masterminds. This includes the cohort 888, Feminine Magic and Money, and Fempire. You can check all the deeds in the episode notes on my website. And for Fempire specifically, just go ahead and shoot me a DM and we can chat about you joining. I only have three spaces available. And then of course, if you would like to work with me in any private capacity in 2023 or claim the one space I have for Voxer to finish out the year together for the month of December, just DM me. And we will figure out what the best fit is for you. I hope you're enjoying the episode and I love you so much. So she reaches out to them and she doesn't hear back or they can't do it before I leave to go on the trip. And it's funny because I felt in complete surrender about it and I wasn't worried about it because I thought it wasn't going to work out anyway. I literally thought I was just going to go see the place for the wealth expansion and call it a day. So I kind of like didn't really care. And I went on my trip and I came back. And they were able to show it when I got back. And again, I was not thinking I was going to be able to do it. I was just like, all right, cool. I just want to see it, you know? And I came back from my trip. The trip was so amazing. It was so good for my soul. It was so relaxing. I'm so glad I went. 
I loved being back home. I love seeing my family. My nephew can walk now. I haven't seen him for a year. Like it was perfect. Brooklyn came with me. It was amazing. And, and also like summer or September in California is just so gorgeous. So that was nice. So I came back, we see the place. I come in and it's funny because I could tell the girl who lives here, lived here. Now we're friends, but it's funny because she wasn't here, but her stuff was still here because she was getting ready to move out. And I was like, this is so interesting because in a lot of luxury buildings, it's either like finance dudes, surgeons, celebrities, you know what I mean? Like kind of like the things you would expect. But I could tell she was super spiritual. She had like one room that was like fully dedicated to like art and photos and just like cool things. And I was like, huh, I've never walked in any of these places and just clearly felt the vibe of like a highly spiritually connected woman living there. And I was like, crazy. That's interesting. And I literally was like, fuck, this place is insane. You know, it's three bedrooms, four to ceiling windows. I mean, the bedroom has two full walls of windows. It's just crazy. Like the kitchen's beautiful. Bathroom's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. And I was just like, I want it. I just want it. And I remember walking out the door with my broker and the guy who showed it to us was, he was super quiet. He wasn't really talking to me. He wasn't asking questions. Nothing was wrong, but I was just kind of like cruising around, chit-chatting with my broker, being myself. And we get back in her car because we're leaving and she gets a phone call and she gets a phone call from the owner. And he's like, we liked her. She seems serious about the place. We want to work with her. And I was like, what? Like, this is so unheard of. You guys don't understand. This is not what people do when they're renting places in New York. They're literally just like, they just see what everybody does. They see who has the most money. They see who has the best credit. And like, maybe there's a few owners who really care about the quality of the person, but mostly it's just a money hungry game. So for him to call, and I had not even expressed interest in an application. We didn't even ask for an application. We didn't ask for anything. Because I literally did not think I was going to be able to pay for it. Like, I'll spend a lot of money. But this was like way, you know what I mean? Like, it was like, it has to also like work. You know what I mean? And I just did not think it was suitable. And another thing in New York is you actually have to make 40 times a year of the rent. So I also had to make sure that the past year of my business like reflected that. But also this was just, I was like, it was past my absolute, absolute, absolute upper limit. So he said that and I was like, okay, well, that's kind of him opening the door. Let's see if we can negotiate. And I had her come in at basically what my top, top, top was that I was willing to pay. And then he basically negotiated 1K a month over, or actually no, he negotiated 2K a month over my top and was like, it's final. And then she's smart and like she figured it out. And this is also why I want a broker. And she went back and basically got him to, we hit a middle ground of what I wanted, what he wanted. And we met in the middle. And I was like, all right. Like it was a little stretch to be on my top, but I was like, this is it. And we were getting close. Like, I think I saw this place in October. And then I remember I got my lease renewal in the mail and I was like, uh, okay, I'm going to have to, I have to figure this out. Like now. And I was nervous, but you know, I had my accountant check for the rolling past 12 months. I made more than 40 times the rent. So that was fucking amazing. And then I like we had the back and forth. And then she brought up with him because I told her about my credit situation so they would know. 
And it's really interesting because he's from China and that's, I don't think there's a credit system there. And he was just like, we don't care. Like we like her. And it was just like something else I had learned in this process because I'd met all these just like rude brokers and rude people and just been in other buildings. I'm like, okay, cool. This building is nice, but I feel like I'm on the Upper East Side. Like I'm not into like snooty New York fat. I like Lux, but I don't like snooty. And I was like, I don't want any. And even in Brooklyn, I remember this one building was gorgeous. I was like, why do I feel like I'm the Upper East Side in Brooklyn? This makes no sense. Upper East Side is beautiful, but it's just like not my scene energetically. And anyway, uh, so it was really important to me to like live somewhere where I felt like the people were like invested in me. And that was another standard that I had really stepped into. So to have this guy call who hadn't even met me, but the guy who's man who showed the apartment, who I said is being quiet, was clearly just doing a lot of people observation. Never underestimate that introvert in the room. They see everything. <laughs> and so he was just like, I, we, I like, they just liked my vibe. So we negotiated. We got to the, to the price. I agreed to it. It was a stretch, but I agreed to it. And she told him about my credit. And he was like, we don't care. We like her. And this was, it's also, it was amazing because I was also cognizant of the fact that, so if you live in a condo building, somebody owns it, right? If you move into a building that's owned by the owner and they lived there, they could easily a year later be like, oh, we want to move back in. You have to move out again. I knew if I was going to move into this nice of a building, I was going to hire an interior designer and like do it right. And I, and also remember you have to pay the broker uh, 10 to 15%. So that's basically like, of a year's of rent. So you're also, the rent's even more expensive. You break it down month over month because of that. You need to be there for at least two years for it to make sense, right? Literally living luxury, living a luxury building here is basically like buying property somewhere else. So I didn't want that situation or some, or they could turn around if they didn't want to move back in, like we're selling it. But he actually had bought it as an investment property, which is a much better sign because that's going to be more of, potentially most likely more of a long-term move. And he bought it with his business partner. They bought multiple apartments in the building. They own all these hotels, whatever. Right. And sometimes it's better when people own more real estate and have more money in that way, because they tend to be more flexible because they're not just like hanging on by a thread to their one asset, you know? So that was good too. He did not care about my credit. I was like, okay, amazing. I mean, it's not horrible, but you know what I mean? It's not perfect considering. And so... And it's getting better all the time, but you get my point. So he was like, hey, well, you're approved, but the building had to approve me because it's a condo building. This happened to fall over, there were multiple Jewish holidays in a row. And that is the point in time where I started to get nervous because for me to not have to pay uh, for the last month of rent in my old place, I had to put in my notice without having a new place. And I was like, oh my God, of course, universe. So I just had to walk in trust and I put in my notice having no idea where I was going to live while I was in the midst of this approval process. And I knew it was required. It was like, I always talk about leaning into the edges. I knew it was an edge. I knew I had to lean into trust and I knew that it was required and I knew I was not going to live there for another year. And we had not seen anything else that I loved. There was one more place that was going to be my backup place. It was beautiful too. It was actually a little bigger. I had four bedrooms. So I could have had a sauna room and a big outdoor patio, but the vibe just was not, not as luxe as it is here. It was really pretty though. Um, 
And that was kind of like my quote unquote backup place. But I didn't like, I didn't love it as much as I love this. And there weren't water views. So we were waiting and we were waiting and we were waiting. And because of the Jewish holidays and all this stuff, it took like multiple weeks. And this is when my stuff really started to come up because I like, usually when I want something, I just go out and get it. You know what I mean? And then this was an instance where someone else had to tell me that I could have something. And my healer said, and I I don't think I remember like where this came from, but because it started to give me this kind of like contracted energy. And I was like, what is this? I hadn't experienced it in so long. But she was saying that it basically was touching on, like I've never been an approval seeker, but just this energy from when I was younger of like, I was never seeking other people's approval, but it was like, am I good enough to have this? You know, And because of my financial past, which if you have any financial trauma, even if you've transcended it, I've obviously created lots of money. I've obviously created lots of success there still can be these moments where you're revisited with where you came from. And that's something I can't just like delete from my history. You know, like I can say what happened and I told my realtor why and, you know, how things had gotten cleaned up and all the things. So basically what had happened and why I had been in that place. And clearly I've recovered from it and built a very successful business, but it's still there. You know, like you can change everything, but you can't delete everything. It takes time for that to happen. Remember, I've built all this success and like it's only been since the end of 2019. So it's pretty new. Um, And so it was just like, ooh, am I good enough? Right. And that wounds came up and it's not something I feel often, not at all. Like you guys know my vibe. I'm very like, I'm in power. I'm on purpose. I'm the queen. I want it. I go get it. And this old piece of me came up that was like very tender. And I'm so glad that it did because obviously I coach around money and this is going to come up for other people. And it didn't kind of give me this like contracted energy. It felt like so tender. And it was kind of like, it put me in this identity portal where it was like, I had the money. You know what I mean? It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the money I had to move. And just for context, First month, last month, and paying the broker, like I moved $50,000 all at once. And that I've never moved that amount of money at once. Um, And I was cool with that. I was just like, yum, yum. I played with big investments. I played with moving big money. I played with no matter what goes out of the bank account, more flows in. Like I had that frequency down because I've been investing in myself this whole time and just like doing business things. But this was different because it was like I had the money and still... There was someone who could tell me like, "Mm, well, actually you're not good enough. That's not what they would say, right? But that's kind of like how energetically I was interpreting it in that moment. And that is when I realized that it's not just about building the wealth. It's not just about acquiring the money to have what you want. Although you have to, like I had to have the money or this wouldn't have been possible. But it was like the identity shift that came with it, Right. Like that waiting period with all the Jewish holidays and all the round and round, that was time for me to look at that piece of me that I did not even know I was there. If we don't make the big moves, we don't even know what's there to heal and to give like love and healing to that old part of me, right? And I remember really feeling the energy of that version of me that was upset, you know, my whole dark night of the soul in LA that like, was obsessed with that dude and the up and down relationships. And even he was gone getting another crazy 
up and down relationships with men and, you know, my psychic addiction and burning through all my money and then more money after that. Do you know what I mean? Just literally like, oh, could not keep a dollar to my name because I was so traumatized. And not even though just the financial part, but how I felt in myself, like I was in flight or flight for five years straight at least. And so anxious, I could barely sleep. Like, tightness in my chest at all times. I remember when I was, you know, cause my, the end of the road with the, the crisis was I had the fibroids and I had to have surgery and I was bleeding and like, I couldn't work. And I was so anxious. I remember I was in some like crazy friendship with some guy that got all complicated at that time. Um, that's kind of when it was falling apart, but I was getting, I was so anxious cause it was falling apart. I think that's what was going on but I remember being so anxious. I would get stomach aches and I would have to hold like a hot water bottle on my stomach. Like I remember sitting in my apartment in my West Hollywood holding a hot water bottle on my stomach because my anxiety was so bad. Like my health was a disaster. My finances were a disaster. I was a disaster. I did not feel like I had close connections. No one knew what was going on with me. It was like, it was bad, right? Dark night of the soul. And it was one of the first times in so long that, because I've had all my energy on going out and getting what I want and doing it the feminine way and receiving and all the things you guys always hear me talk about, right? And I've obviously healed so much. Like I'm not an anxious person anymore. Like it's just so crazy what we're capable of and the amount of change that we're capable of when we go all in in such a short amount of time. I mean, it's just insane. I'm a different human like through and through. Uh, when I look at pictures of myself from that era, I'm like unrecognizable. It's just wild. So I, but I, I felt her again, you know? And I felt like how scared I was and how full of shame I was. And like, I was just so lost. And I remember I just used to pray for it to end. I did not know what to do. I didn't know why I was there. Like, I didn't know why I was that way. I felt so other. I felt like it was impossible that anybody else was experiencing what I experienced. Because I didn't have this whole coaching world. I didn't have the spiritual world. I didn't have any of this. It was like I was walking around in the 3D matrix on a fucking, one of the most intense awakenings I've literally ever heard of. Other than the people who did it through all out like heroin addiction and like, you know, falling to the floor in that way. Like I've literally not heard very many stories like mine. And I felt so alone and so broken and so hanging on by a thread at every single moment. And like, oh, it was so sad, you know? But I hadn't, so I had done all this work to move on, but I hadn't felt her in so long, you know? And in that waiting period, I had this other opportunity to really accept, right? It was about like this deep self-acceptance. And I'm not shy to talk about the story. I talk about the story all the time, but like it was still different. And that used to be an edge too, obviously, just sharing the story. But I'm very comfortable doing that. But it was different to go back and like feel the feelings of that version of me and give myself that self-acceptance that I didn't have at that time. Because yeah, I fucking validate myself all the time the way I am now, right? But it was like there was this piece where I still needed to go back and validate and bring love and acceptance, not just to the memory of who I'd been before, but actually feeling myself in that energy again. And it was fucking game-changing. 
And that's when I realized, like I said, it's not just about having the money. It's about the identity shift, right? That piece of me like needed the healing in those few weeks that that little layer came up. And then it was realizing that like, again, it's not just the money. It was like, I had to see myself as a person who could live in a $4 million apartment. I'm not, I didn't buy it, but you get my point. Renting out what it costs to rent a $4 million apartment. Like I used to walk by this building and didn't even cross my mind that I could live here. (laughs) You know, I would go to my friend's place over the summer and be like, oh, this is insane. But didn't cross my, like I didn't ever register that I could do it too. I was never jealous of her. I loved being around her. I was never a jealousy thing. I wasn't even triggered by her. It was just like, it just wasn't like registering on the radar. And I, and like as much as I've created and all the bougie things I could do and all the things I pay for, like, and like, it, it was one thing to have a dream, right? It was one thing to like look at places like that on the internet. It was another thing to be like, oh, I'm that person. I'm going to claim being that person. I'm going to decide I get to have this. Not one day, like now. Now. And it was like me putting in my notice when I had nowhere else to live. Me like allowing that other piece of me to heal. Me realizing we were in a fucking identity shift, an identity portal. And like... God, you have to let yourself have it. You have to decide you're the person who has it and not in 10 years, but today. And I made the decision, you know? And I saw that other place and I was like, all right, I love it. This can be the backup, but this ain't it. Like I just knew. And then I got the email saying that the building had approved me too. And it just feels so emotional because like, I remember I'm crying over this, but like, it's so real. Like that, the me who, like, even though I grew up with money, right? Clearly it shows you it's not about that because it's so different to like go through what I went through and do it for yourself. Like that, like I could do it, you know? And like, you just have to know and you just have to decide and you have to keep walking and you have to put your fucking skin in the game and you have to put your money where your mouth is when that shit is scary over and over and over and over and over so that you can learn so that you can heal and so that you can grow like it is non-negotiable and i was so happy and it was also like oh, of course And then it started to feel surreal because I was like, what? Like, and I had seen it, but remember when I came here the first time, I wasn't really thinking I was going to live here. So like, I didn't take a ton of pictures. I was just like, Ooh, this is vibey. But like, in a way I kind of had it in the place of the dream. And then we came to do my walkthrough, like I, before I moved in and it was funny because the girl who lived here before me was here And when they had told me that I could call her to like, just see like, you know, what she thought about living here and all this stuff. And her and I were texting, they gave me her Instagram handle at the time. And it's so funny. We have the same dog, except hers is like white and tan and Brooklyn is black. I thought that was funny. And she just said the most beautiful things. I mean, I was almost crying reading her message of what she said, had to say about the people in the building, the friends she had made, the community. Like it was clearly so near and dear to her heart and community is very important to me. Like, I'm not the kind of person who wants to be anonymous in New York. I've created so much community 
when I lived in Cobble Hill and Brooklyn Heights borders Cobble Hill, but I wanted to like still have that feeling. Like all my other people are still around too because I'm so close, but you get my point. I wanted it to feel good. Um, and to be around people, yeah, who are expansive, but also that feel good and like have heart and soul, which they all absolutely do. The people who live here are just incredible. So she told me that she, and you know, she has a crystal business. She reads tarot. Like she's so cool. And like, she told me that she lit a candle in the window that, and she was praying that another woman who was single got to come live here too. But because of how expensive it is, like she thought it wouldn't be possible. And then I showed up. It's like so fucking crazy. And, and we have the same dog, like just so aligned. She was just amazing. And so when we came back here for the walkthrough. I was just like, holy fuck. Like what? I'm going to live here. Like it almost did not even make sense. And then I went back to my little old place with my tiny little bathroom and my like outdated kitchen. Living room was pretty, but like, oh my God, <laughs> it's like wild to me that I live there because it was my dream apartment when I moved into it. it so crazy. Um, and I remember just giving so much thanks. It was my last night and so much thanks. And I I paid to have it packed up, moved. I was not going to do anything stressful. And the movers came at 7 a.m. And I forgot to set my alarm. So I literally woke up to them, like, ring the doorbell. And we moved all my stuff here. They were so great. It took them, like, two hours. It just so amazing to have help. I had done all the work to, like, um, just get rid of all the stuff that I didn't want. And a guy came and bought the furniture that I wasn't going to take with me. And yeah, it was so funny because I've always had a feeling that like my man would come with this version of my home. And I was talking to my mastermind ladies in Vampire. I was like literally texting or voice messaging one of them while he, this guy was there like taking my furniture and on his way out, I was literally texting her and he like asked me out and I was like, like, I'm not interested in him, but I was just like, of course I'm talking about love. And then the universe is like, we hear you. Oh my God. We'll see who he is. He's coming when he's coming. But I just strongly felt he'd be tied to this place. I'm like, what a sexy fucking apartment to fall in love in. Um, but anyway, yeah. And when I got here, when we moved all my stuff in, it was just fucking surreal. And now it feels like I can't wait. I've hired my friend who's an interior designer to help me it's just, it's so insane. It's so beautiful, but it's just going to be beyond right now. It looks kind of like <laughs> a luxury halfway home. Cause it's like my old furniture, which I don't have nearly enough for a three bedroom, three bathroom apartment hanging out until we do the things, but it's just so gorgeous. And I'm so grateful. And so that is the journey that I walked and that is how I got here. And I'm so grateful to be here and I love it. And thank all of you who have been like messaging me on Instagram and telling me I should host like a VIP dinner here. Like I probably will hire a chef and do it. Like why not? I love it. I want to share it with as many people as possible. And yeah. And I just, you've got to stay in it. You've got to keep investing yourself. You've got to keep going bigger You've got to learn how to build a successful business. You've got to learn how to keep compounding your wealth. You've got to stay out of constriction with flowing your money. I would never be here if I was in constriction with flowing money into mentorship or the things that I want. 
and like do that identity work because it's like, it's one thing to have the money. It's another thing. And even if you don't have the money, right, to decide you're the person who has these things. I'm telling you, it's like the moment I moved in here, me living in a $10 million home became like, oh yeah, that's fucking happening next. And not from a place of like, oh my God, gotta happen next. Like I want to live here. Do you know what I mean? But it's so insane how quickly this even normalized, like in a good way where I'm like, oh, there's more, you know? And it's like to even be able to open the next door and have the next dream, you've got to like create the dream that you have now. And I just kept doing that over and over and over and over again. And no big fucking shocker. As soon as I got here, moved all that money, right? I had my first six figure week in my business. We've had six figure months, never had a six figure week. You, it's just, you've got to follow that, those intuitive nudges. I don't care. People tell me this shit doesn't make sense all the time. Everybody would have told me to take that money and go buy a house in some other state that's so much cheaper, telling me to settle because I don't want to live somewhere else. I want to live here. And if I want to live somewhere else, I go live somewhere else. I'm not going to move somewhere else because it's cheaper. I know New York, how much it costs to live here. And I just always have to have the money to do what I want in New York. The end, not settling. And like I said, if I ever want to go somewhere else, I will, but you get my point. Like, don't ever let other people tell you what to do or what you can have. Like if you keep moving to the beat of your own drum, if you keep staying on the leading edge of your own expansion, you will have everything. I have not been at this that long. I had no money <laughs> at the end of 2019. Now I can live here. It costs nearly multiple five figures a month to live here. Not quite, but nearly. We're doing this. I invested in six months of mentorship, private mentorship. I'm in a year-long mastermind. I'm spending more than I've ever spent before everywhere. Money's still coming in. Everything is still flowing. We're still quantum leaping. Clients are getting amazing results. We're, we're, I'm resting more. I hired a personal trainer to work out with me four days a week because I have this fucking beautiful gym now. Everything is so much easier. It has felt so much easier to take care of myself. There's an elevator. I'm not carrying boxes. I get an email when I have deliveries. I don't have to be home for food to get delivered. When I was done unpacking where my housekeepers unpacked my boxes, paid for that too. Like the building was like, oh, just let us know when they're unpacked. We'll come in the boxes. I didn't have to carry the boxes anywhere. You guys don't understand. My life is so much easier now. It's like, I am so glad that I wound up in this building and not in another brownstone. I cannot even explain it to you. I love having a doorman. They give Brooklyn loves coming home. She gets treats every time she comes in the door. Everyone here is so nice. And like, I just feel so, I feel safer because obviously you can't just like come up to my door now. I know the brownstone has the double doors, but like, it's still not the same, like as having a doorman and like, there's an intercom. I can call down if I need something. Like, it's just not an intercom. You know what I mean? It's incredible. It's incredible. And I feel so much more settled. My energy is clear. It's like, I'm cooking more. I just feel good, you know, and I'm still a work in progress. Always, always, always. But like, I like this new level. So I wanted to share with you what it took to get here. And as much as I could share in a podcast episode. So thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear how it landed for you. And I will talk to you so soon. I love you. Hi, beauty. What a good one. I felt so good when I (laughs) finished telling that story. 
Uh, we just get to have it all. And it's honestly like so much fun when you just allow yourself to show up for it and have it and claim it and do the damn things to get it. Um, so final reminder, High Level Honey, the holiday sale is on for a few more days only. This sale closes end of day, Monday, November 28th. Your chance to save $1,000 or more on my highest level, closest proximity masterminds and immersions, which includes the cohort Feminine Magic and Money, 888 and Vampire. So just head to Lincoln. Um, sorry, <laughs> I was going to say Lincoln, but we are not on Instagram. We are on the podcast. Head to episode notes for links. And then for more information about Vampire, just shoot me a DM. And then the links are also, of course, on my website as well for all the containers with the exception of Vampire. So I love you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. Also, your reminder that if you have a credit in my world, you're in an existing container that has a credit, you are able to apply the credit to the holiday sale. And then otherwise, if you have not done so already, you are able to rate and review the podcast and receive $200 off any offer excluding private coaching. So you can apply that to the sale as well. I'm so excited for those of you who've already said yes, either to start now or to start in the new year. It's just going to be so hot. Like this year was hot. Ooh, get ready (laughs) for 2023. It's going to be so good. I have so many deep money codes to to offer. I mean, the fact that I just had my first six-figure week's just insane. And there's just so much happening. So I am a full fuck yes for everyone who wants to come walk this out with me side by side so we can get you exactly where you want to be too. And I love you so much. And I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the episode, I would love it if you'd leave a five-star rating and written review for the show. And if you can please share this podcast so that I can help more women, that would mean the world to me. Make sure you tag me on Instagram so I can say thank you and let's rise and change the world for all women together. If you want to work with me, head to my site, jocelynkellyreed.com or send me a DM and I'll be in touch. I'll see you on the next episode.